It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Washington football team with the hosts of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome to all the listeners, new listeners, returning listeners, all in the same. If you haven't already, please click the subscribe button or the follow button, whichever wording the button of choice uses on your podcast platform. Also, if you can, please throw a rating and a review in there. Five-star ratings and reviews will get read on the air from time to time. Hopefully, we're going to get to one today, actually, uh, as well. When Chris and I aren't hosting this very podcast, you can find Chris over at the Team 983 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, and on the Odyssey app as well as covering your Washington football team in writing for SI.com. You can find me covering the NFL's Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at the Lockdown Bucks podcast and in writing at BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation. On Twitter, find Chris at WrestleMania621. Find me at dharrison 2 and find the show at LockedWFTPod. It is Mock Draft Thursday, so a rare day of not a lot of news but Dane Brugler, one of the one of the best, in my opinion, anyway, one of the best mock drafters, kind of up there with like the Daniel Jeremiah's, the Bucky Brooks's of the world, uh, dropped a seven round mock draft. So you can't let that thing slide by without reacting to it. So Chris, you uh, you got that the entire thing, and you got a Washington breakdown uh, from Rhiannon Walker of the Athletic. Uh, so we're going to dive into that here for segment one. All right, yeah, David, uh, it's Rhiannon Walker. She, uh, you know, has been on the beat for, you know, a couple of years, and she wrote up basically a synopsis of what Dane projected for the Washington picks and starts with a guy that we've touched on, obviously, a lot. First-round pick, number 19, if they stay at number 19, and they have Jeremiah Wusu karamoa from Notre Dame going there. We've touched on this, obviously, a number of times. I guess the best question that I could ask you is – do you eventually think that JOK can go from, say, like weak side linebacker and then ultimately play the Mike linebacker spot? Or do you think that basically he's always going to be kind of relegated to, uh, you know, kind of protecting him and keeping him away from some of the trash around the line of scrimmage? Uh, I mean, I think he's definitely got the athletic versatility to play Mike linebacker if they need him to. I think that the smart play for the Washington football team would be you know, get him in camp, get a little bit of studying done with him, kind of see just how well he reads and diagnoses the opposing offense uh, and, and kind of picks up on the tape a little bit during the the non-contact and the and the, the studying portion of the, the off-season program. And then once you actually get your hands on him and get him in camp, kind of kind of give him a test. Like, let him, let him test it out, let him run it out and kind of see what he's capable of doing. You know these young guys, like, if you give them the opportunity to stand in the middle of that defense and call the signals and make the adjustments and wear that green sticker, he's going to jump at the opportunity to. So you know that he's going to want to do it if you give him the opportunity to. I feel like he has the athleticism too. Really, it's just going to be a matter of the IQ level, the football IQ level. And, you know, some guys are smarter than others. It's just something that they pick up faster. I don't know enough about uh, about Owusu Koromoa to say definitively if I believe he has the intelligence to do it. I think it's definitely a possibility going to Notre Dame is no easy walk in the park from an academic or from a mind uh, mental standpoint. 
So you kind of have a little bit of confidence there in that. Uh, I would I would definitely kick the tires on it. I mean, again, Ron Rivera's kind of talked about it. it. It's not a season where you're going to be happy if you only win two games or anything like that. But nobody's really coming into the season thinking Washington is a Super Bowl contender, you know, and also everybody's got Dallas on top of the division. So if you need to go out there and experiment a little bit, find out what your best alignment is at a certain position group like the linebacker group, I think you have that flexibility in 2021. So give them a try. Hopefully there's some preseason. Hopefully there's some joint practices. Maybe I think that might be reaching a little bit too much, but hopefully we at least get some preseason games and you can kind of see where those go. But I would definitely give them the opportunity to do so. All right, quickly on to number uh, 51 in the second round. Now, Kadarius Tony is the pick, the wide receiver from Florida, and we know how you know lightning fast he is, and how much of a skill weapon he can be. Uh, I personally would love this pick if I could get him at fifty-one. I would not love it at nineteen. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, no, I wouldn't go there at nineteen, but at fifty-one, I mean that's that's really great value. I think in a lot of other NFL drafts, he is a first-round uh, wide receiver. I think in this one, he kind of slips to that second round because he doesn't have as much size. As, as other people does he as as they do he doesn't have uh, the ball skills that some of those other guys do but like you said that speed kills uh, his route running could use some polishing you know especially at the top of his routes and and breaking I think sometimes especially in the collegiate game uh, he won and got separation a lot of times just from pure athleticism and that advantage in the NFL he's not going to get that uh, as many times as he did in college so I think he's going to need to polish up some of the technical skills and and how to manipulate you know uh, opposing defenders and you know eat the hip and all that stuff um, but if they can coach him up and they can they can train him to do that, then I think in a round two, I think you're looking at a guy that definitely goes really well uh, with the wide receiver group they've already got built. So that would be a high value pick at 51 for me. And then we'll move quickly through the rest of these picks just because obviously we wanted to spend more time on the first two picks. But Brevin Jordan is projected by, again, Dane Brugler of the Athletic at number 74 overall, the tight end out of Miami. We talked about him on the last episode. Both you and I love him. So I can't imagine you would be a little bit salty at this pick. Not at all. Yeah, Brevin Jordan coming to, my, uh, coming to, to Miami, to Washington from Miami. Uh, at, and the third round, number 74, it's exactly where we said he should go. And he's exactly one of the guys that like you said that we had on our list. So, I mean, you, how, how can you be mad at that? Uh, exactly. Number uh, 82 overall, second, third round pick, Spencer Brown, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. So we've kind of, you know, at this point, they've, you know, under this projection, they've ignored that, but they still get a guy in the top, you know, 85, obviously, to develop uh, and work with John Matsko, the offensive line coach. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you're getting a guy in the top 100 picks, you're kind of looking at him as a guy you might you feel like you could probably develop into a starter uh, if you need to. Hopefully later rather than sooner if you're talking about third round picks, especially late third round picks. Um, but a guy with a lot of upside, I got a lot of potential. And listen, you know, don't let the, the school name fool you. There have been a lot of really good offensive linemen coming out of some schools that aren't really, you know, all that well known. So uh, Spencer Brown, definitely a guy that Washington could develop into a, a starter if they need him to down the road. All right. And then just as we kind of go through the rest of the list, fourth round, number 124, Thomas Graham Jr., a cornerback uh, from Oregon, fifth round, number 163 overall, an edge defender and pass rusher from Florida State, Janaris Robinson, and then no sixth round pick because of the whole deal last year, uh, but two seventh round picks, Thomas Fletcher, a long snapper, because remember, they cut Nick Sundberg, so they have a long snapper projected, uh, I think cut, they just didn't bring back Nick Sundberg, I should say, uh, but a long snapper from Alabama, Thomas Fletcher, and then Racy McMath, one of the best names in the draft, Racy McMath, a wide receiver from LSU, anything stand out to you there 
I mean, you know, it, it's classic NFL draft strategy. You've got, you know, fourth round pick and fifth round pick guys that provide depth at, at areas that you need some depth in. And they also provide some sort of special teams potential if they're willing and, and able to, co- to contribute in that in that lane. And then you go to the late rounds, you're looking at guys. Oh, we kind of talked about this yesterday with the tight end group. Two guys who do something really, really well that you may be able to coach them into doing other things solid to above average. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much classic NFL draft strategy. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. You can follow David at dharrison82 on Twitter as well. The podcast at LockWFTPod, at LockWFTPod, and me at Russellmania621. We're here for rockauto.com, family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, guys. You won't be disappointed when you go to rockauto.com, whether you need something for your old car, your new car, something for your vanity, something small, major, whatever it is, they'll get it for you and they'll get it for you at a great price. They're not going to treat you any differently than they're going to treat the mechanic down the street. Why? Because, well, they're, you know, they're on an honor system. They're going to treat you again, the same way. They're not going to give those beneficial breaks that the big auto part superstores give you. And they don't have the same overhead that those big auto part superstore stores have to take care of and overcharge their customers. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need available for you at rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcast segment two here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell, your hosts on Twitter at dharrison82. Find Chris at russellmania621. Then find the show at Locked WFT Pod. New Washington Football Team tight end Samus Reyes met with the media for the first time on Wednesday. We've got a little snippet of the first segment of that uh, press conference. Of course, if you want to hear the entirety, you can find that on the interweb. But right now, we're going to get into the first five to six minutes or so of the Samus Reyes introductory press conference. Hey, uh, Sam, congratulations on the new contract and, and welcome to D.C. Um, I, I, I just wanted to start asking how much football, actually playing football experience do you have at this point? Yeah, so uh, I've been training for the past 10 weeks with IMG in Florida with the NFL's International Pathway Program. So uh, besides an additional week in high school, 
that's all the organized football learning that I have done. So it's been those 10 weeks. Uh, I think it was a very conden condensed 10 weeks and we learned a lot of stuff. We have prospects from all over the world there and the coaches were great. Great. Um, they put together a great program for us. Um, starting from scratch for me, you know, making the transition from basketball. I had to start from the beginning. So I'm just very thankful to be a part of the NFL International Pathway Program. And without them, I wouldn't be here. So, yeah, feeling good. And then uh, clearly athletically, you're the, you know, you're off the charts and you have the basketball background. How ready do you think you are to kind of hit the ground running whenever practice OTAs, whenever everything starts up? How ready are you to be on an NFL football field? Yeah, I feel ready. Um, even though I haven't been playing the sport, I've been training for this my whole life. You know, I came to this country when I was 14 with the dream of making the NBA. Uh, I made the wrong decision back then. <laughs> Should have been sticking to football from the beginning. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know that at the time. We don't play football in Chile, but I'm ready, man. I've been training my whole life for this moment. I am well prepared. I have done everything in my power to go out there and, and just feel good. And right now it's all about just sitting down, learning the playbook, learning the ter terminology, and, you know, getting acclimated with my teammates and representing the organization at the highest level. Thanks very much. Congrats. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hi, Sam. It's Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. When did you decide to make the switch from basketball to football and why? Yeah, it was about a year ago. <clears throat> Once I graduated uh, college, every single uh, person around me was begging me to play. They were like, you're too athletic not to be in the NFL. It's insane. Uh, you know, I'm 260 pounds and pretty fast and pretty strong. So everyone convinced me, you know, my friends, my closest friends, my family. And I had over 12 agents reach out to me at the time. But um, I give credit to, you know, my, my I call my godfather, Steve Rifkin, and my brother, Alex Rifkin, who uh, really planted that seed on my brain for me to give this thing a shot. And I gave myself 365 days and we're almost there. So I think I it's pretty amazing what can happen in one year. What was your interaction like with Washington at Florida's Pro Day? Did you have much conversation with them before you knew they wanted to sign you? Yeah, so, um, of course, uh, Pro Day was great for me. I think it really put me on the map. Um, but I'm, I, I've been living in Washington for the past year. You know, my family's here. My girlfriend's family's here. And uh, I love the city. It's a place where, I, for, for the first time in my life, it felt like home. You know, for me, coming from a different country, I have been moving from place to place since I was 14 years old. You know, uh, this past year was the first time I had my own place, my own house. So it was, it just felt right. And, you know, I had conversations with over 20 teams and I had over seven, uh, seven um, trips planned out. And once Washington, which was the number one team on my list, reached out to me at Pro Day, Right after we got done, I was like, I really want to go there. I spoke to my family. I spoke to everyone here. I knew the, the, this past year they, you know, they had a, a good year and they had a new coach. And it's it just it felt right. It felt the right culture, the right organization. And of course, Coach Rivera is a guy who I truly admire. So uh, I'm I'm just truly blessed to be here. So I want to make sure that we're all saying that it's Samus, right? That's right. You got okay. it right. Samus, uh, well, well, welcome to Washington, although it sounds like you've already been here. Um, so I'm just so intrigued by, by your story. And what, what I guess, did you know about football growing up in, in Chile? And then obviously, once you're in the U.S., football is like number one. So what, what did you know about the NFL and yep. um, stuff like that when you were growing up? 
Yeah, honestly, not much. Um, we, I think there's two or a few teams in Chile that are very like, you know, uh, local teams that get together and it's a couple guys that get together after work to train. But I never really uh, knew anything about it until I moved here. Since I'm, since I was 13 years old, I've been playing with the, with the Chilean national team. So both of my parents also play basketball. So for me, it was only one path and one path only, just the basketball route. But once I got here, the day I got here, I remember just walking into school and the football coach coming up to me saying, hey, you, you need to play football, man. What are you doing playing basketball? So, you know, I didn't really know much about the game, but once you start learning the ins and the outs of the game, you just fall in love with it. And right now I'm just obsessed with learning as much as I can before the season and watching film, sitting down, looking into uh, my, what my role is going to be within the, the team and just working as hard as, I, as hard as I can to be ready when my name is called up. All right, so once again, that is new Washington football tight end Samus Reyes meeting with the media portion of that press conference. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. Uh, and David, I, you know, I, I don't know what your your takeaway was, but I thought it was, you know, I didn't know this about him. He's been living in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, you know, of course, we know former basketball player Tulane converted to football. We know what he did, and we discussed what he did on the last episode at the Florida Pro Day. We know how strong he is. We know he's a tremendous athlete. But he appeared to be, like, at first, like somebody that had to be pushed into this. Now I think it seems like he's somebody that really wants to do this, and he wanted to be here in Washington, right, because he said he's already got a home here. He's been living here uh, for the last year. The other thing that I was really impressed by, he said, you know, look, I showed up at 14. My dad was sending me $50 a month, um, you know, to help me out uh, because they didn't have a lot of money. He's like, I didn't know a word of, of the language, and he's taught himself uh, not only how to, you know, speak English, but to be very fluent and I think to be, you know, pretty darn smart, at least the way he came across in this presser. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, you know, when you look at the NFL and you look at really ath athletics across the board, you know, everybody in the National Football League has athletic talent and, and all of them really have elite athletic talent. I mean, most, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of fans and even media members kind of scoff at kickers and punters and all that stuff. And there are some of them, of course, but for the most part, I mean, even the even the kickers and punters in this league have a level of, of, of athletic ability that most of us, you know, either have never reached or could only dream of uh, in our lifetime. So the the issue with a lot of these guys and why they don't, you know, become successful is really their ability to be coached from either a willingness standpoint or an intellectual standpoint. So again, you look at a guy, like you said, who checks all the blocks on one, being willing to learn and overcome adversity because uh, he's already done that. And uh, to the intellect to be able to learn and 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 be taught how to you know do critical things and skills and from what I've been told I mean English is my first language but from what I've been told English as a second language is really really difficult to learn is one of the most difficult languages to learn if it's not your native language so yeah a lot of reasons uh, to be very excited about Samus Reyes and you know again no risk you know all reward I'm kind of reminded of Mo Boringer from Germany who uh, got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings first German to ever be drafted in the National Football League. You know, he ended up spending, it was like a seventh round pick, I think. He spent two years there in the practice squad, two more years with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, last I knew, he's back in Europe playing football. You know, again, both teams, they didn't lose anything really. They gained a little bit of, you know, uh, good press and, and good karma probably, and they gave Mo a shot. Unfortunately, it didn't work for him, but we'll see how it works for Samus Reyes. And it's, you know, it's a gamble, but again, there's low risk and, and high reward potential, and you can get low risk, high reward as well at betonline.ag our friends there who are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action 
football games might be over, but NFL draft prospects or prop bets rather are coming up. NBA is in action, hockey, baseball going on. They've even got you covered for awards, TV shows, and reality TV with all the real-time update odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds you need. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. When you do, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's your low risk right there. You get 50% in free money to play with there at BetOnline.ag. So use that money. If you lose it, hey, low risk, high reward potential. If you win, you get even more money to play with. Again, that's over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Michael Lombardi, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that, you, that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us here on the Locked Up Washington Football Team Podcast as we come down the stretch. We started on the last edition, breaking down unit by unit uh, positions of need and uh, in terms of trying to find like a top three list the way we would rank them in terms of how they would fit for the Washington football team. So if you missed our conversation and our breakdown about the tight end group in this upcoming draft, make sure you go back to the Wednesday, April 14th edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast as we broke down the tight end position. David, now today we decided to go to the opposite side of the ball uh, and line of scrimmage and we'll start with safety so if i asked you for your top rated safety and fit with the washington football team it would be who uh, i would be tcu's trevon morig and he's a guy that uh really from the first time i looked at the washington football roster i uh, kind of looked at the free agent landscape and and he's he's a name that caught my eye i uh, did some studying on him did some reading on him and and i just you know i don't want to say i fell in love necessarily but he's definitely become one of my draft crushes uh, for the Washington football team, and uh, he would be a great addition to this team. I think he, he's got the ability to play in the box if you need him to. Uh, he's a very willing and aggressive tackler when the opportunity arises, but he's also got ball skills, and he's got the ability to be a single high safety or play that deep area of the field, cover tight ends. He can, he can, he can stick with your slot guys. He could stick with a Kadarius Tony if you needed him to with a little bit of a head start and some intellect. Um, you know, a lot of people have him as a day two guy, like an early, early day two guy. I've seen some people with a day one grade on him. It's just kind of indicative on how this year's draft process is going to be diluted and and really opinions on guys are going to be all over the place because there's uh, a little bit more limited information out there, especially without the, the use of the NFL scouting combine. Um, I like him a lot. I would be okay, and I was telling you this pre-recording, I would be okay with him at 19. I would prefer a trade back to like, 
early to mid 20s, like 23 to 25 range, uh, if they could pull it off and still get him there, that would be preferred because you add, you know, either a future draft pick or a later draft pick in this year's group. Um, but if they had to take him at 19, if they just didn't feel comfortable trading back, I would be happy with him at number 19. Uh, if, if you know, the guys like uh, Arusa Koromoa or Micah Parsons weren't on the board. Yeah, I, I like my safeties a little bit bigger than, you know, maybe some others. I, I mean, it's okay to be, uh, you know, it's it, 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 it's okay to be big in, in the NFL if you can run and if you can be in the big, in the right spot. Uh, and, you know, here's one thing I've learned from covering Troy Apke. Just because you're fast doesn't mean you're good at safety. Uh, so I need somebody who can diagnose and somebody who seems to be in the right spot. Somebody who I also, I, I, I mean, how could you not love what TCU in terms of defense and Gary Patterson had, had, had kind of churned out, uh, if you will, over the years. Now, they don't always uh, become successful, but I think Trevon Moore uh, was coached well. I think he comes from a good defensive system. Uh, I think he's got good size. I think he's got good speed. Um, and I think, you know, I'm with you. If he's there at number 19, Team, even if even if there's some more pressing need positions, I, I can't argue at 19. Do I trade up for him? No. Would I like to ideally trade back from him? Sure, absolutely. That's what I would do with Trayvon Morgue. So I think we're in both in agreement there and also in agreement what on our number two safeties, right? And that's Richie Grant out of Central Florida. Absolutely. And this is a guy, he's, he's more ball skills, more coverage ability uh, than Morig, um, less less box ability, less versatile. So he's definitely more your traditional free safety. Uh, but I think that's kind of what the Washington football team needs. I think they've got two really good options uh, at strong safety that they can stick with. I like one a little bit more than the other. And I think most people probably agree that, especially with a, with a long-term prognosis. So uh, you look at it, you, you pair a guy like Richie Grant back there with Cam Curl, and if you see, you know, if Cam can make some more uh, advancements in his NFL career and his talent and his coaching, uh, get smarter in his coaching and everything, I think that duo uh, can make a very formidable sec- secondary behind that pass rush in Washington. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm going to go with Richie Grant, who you got to see in person at the Senior Bowl uh, as well. I mean, I think – I don't know if he – is the dominant ball hawk free safety that I'd ideally love, but that guy is really hard to find. I think Richie Grant does enough of everything well in terms of physicality, in terms of speed, in terms of coverage, in terms of diagnosing, in terms of not being lost, all of that stuff. Uh, where I think you can develop a good starting free safety out of Richie Grant. Uh, Again, I'm not saying he's Earl Thomas. I'm not saying he's going to be Ed Reed, obviously, uh, but I think he's probably ultimately the best free safety that you would have brought in the building in, you know, since unfortunately Sean Taylor uh, passed away. Number three on your list, a little bit of a boomer bust type guy here, right? Yeah, a guy that I've really kind of view as early day three, but I've seen some late day two talk on him. Uh, I swear I saw a mock draft recently that actually had him in the first round, which I don't I don't think would be accurate. I can't remember for life of me where I saw them. Plus, they probably don't want me outing them anyway. Um, and that's Florida State safety, Hamza Nazaruldin, uh, strong safety guy. Again, like you look at, you know, Trevon, he's a little bit of both. Richie is definitely more, uh, you know, pass coverage type of safety than box safety. And Hamza, he's he's a box safety. He's a, he's a big dude. He's going to lay the hammer down on some guys. And again, for me, you're looking at fourth round, you know, early day three. Uh, for me, a depth guy, a guy that you, you're going to look to come in and probably replace Landon Collins in 2022. Um, a guy that can kind of play like a smaller linebacker role in certain packages if you need him to. But a guy that has a little bit of versatility to him. But as long as that versatile uh, type of, of scheme that you're using for involves physicality and tackling. 
Yeah, I thought about Jamar Johnson. I thought about Elijah Molden. I, um, you know, I thought about even, you know, TCU's, their other safety, Darius Washington, who I'm not convinced can hold up at safety. I think he's, you know, probably going to be more like a, you know, a nickel corner or something like that in the NFL. I even thought about Andre Sisco, who's like boomer bust out of Syracuse, but uh, kind of along your lines, but kind of along what I was saying about size and also thinking special teams and core special teams. And then we see what happens at safety is Devon Diablo from Virginia Tech. I know Martin Mayhew was at their um, at their pro day, and Diablo's got plenty of experience. Uh, he's played uh, over 650 snaps in each of the last three years. Has always been pretty good in all areas of the game. So to me, a 6'3", 225-pounder, at worst, I get a core special teamer, and hopefully I get eventually a starter at safety. Devon Diablo. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't be mad about that selection either. All right, David, before we wrap up here, we have a very, very, very nice note from one of our listeners uh, that we are a little bit late on, but uh, it says, thank you from CO. I've always enjoyed the WFT podcast, and I even liked it before David joined with a smiley face. How about that? She likes me. I do, however, as if it flows even better now that you do have a co-host, which I agree. What I really like about this one, WFT podcast is that you get a lot of important information quickly and it's typically really reliable. I also appreciate the honesty of this podcast. You've done a fine job of keeping this woman entertained almost every day. I wish there were a few less ads. I know, but I also know ads help pay for my free in quotes entertainment. And that's from CO. We appreciate you very much. That is a super kind note. Yeah, definitely appreciate you. And thank you for, you know, the good words and for listening. And we appreciate, um, you know, all of your opinions. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. David will be with you for the Friday edition. Uh, I'll be out until we reconvene next week. David, have a great weekend. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. As always, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.